Welcome, everybody, to the Polarized Podcast. This is that Polarizing Movie Podcast. Welcome back if you're a returning listener, because you know how in podcasting, everybody's always just, a, you know, just a new to the episode. We're doing that whole bit again, you know, classic trope. But hey, you know what? Today we're talking movies. Get ready. Uh, yeah, so this is a polarized. Uh, this is a podcast about polarizing movies, uh, polarizing movies in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Those are the movies that we talk about where critics either love it, audiences hate it, or vice versa. Today we are talking about a very, very polarizing movie in the Marvel universe called Captain Marvel. The score for this is seventy nine percent critics. 45%. Ooh, stinky. Stinky. On, on the audience side, my name is Brandon. Hey, hey how are ya? Hey, how are ya? Hey, how are ya? <laughs> and uh, and I'm, we're going to be jumping right into it. We're going to talk about this movie, talk about why it's polarizing, talk about how we feel about it. So buckle up. And I'm not going to be the only one talking today. This is a podcast with two hosts, or like we sometimes refer to the person I'm about to introduce as the forever guest. I would like everybody to put your hands together for Mr. James Lindsay. Yes, hello. Hey, hey. two guests for the price of one, because I'm really just uh, the for for well, two two hosts for the price of one. Did I say guest? Because I'm the forever guest. Yes. And I sneak in as the guest, but then occasionally I take on those host duties. Because uh, not know, occasionally. You really Captain do. Captain Brandini can't do yourself. it all. Yeah. You know, because that would, it would just very much seem like I'm screaming into the void on some of these movies. This one That's might your be other podcast. one of them. Yeah. Screaming into the void with Brandon <laughs> Stables. It's I'd very like therapeutic. Every, everyone to, to join me. Yeah. It's a ASMR, but very loud. Very loud ASMR. Yeah, is that, yeah. Which does that exist or does that qualify? I what does ASMR imagine, stand for? I, I, uh, it's some type of technical term for the stimulation that happens in your brain when somebody talks and like makes a bunch of clicks with their mouth. That or uh, maybe autonomous some... sensory meridian response is a tingling yeah. sensation that usually begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. Ooh, a pleasant wow. form of paresthesia. I should read this like ASMR. It has been yeah, compared with auditory no, tactile synesthesia and may overlap with frisson. Oh, frisson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I was sexy. just wondering if it was specifically quiet or you can just be, uh, welcome to Brandon screaming into the void. I, I, We're back I, with I, another I, episode and I'm upset. <laughs> That would be just a, that's what we would sound like if we were on the radio. Old bunch time of, radio. Old, yes. Oh, hello, Brandon. Of, Welcome to another another episode yeah. of Polarized Podcast. Bunch of sh- shock jocks. Hey, let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can do that. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. What's up, my bros? I don't know. We could we could go there. <laughs> no, classic. I'm just switching. What's up, my I'm bros and bros Hey, what's yeah. up, my bros and brosettes? Brosettes. Like yeah. 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 
Marvels, Marvels. You say tomato. No, I say tomato. Yeah, very tomato, tomato in the Marvel, Marvel. Yeah, also really kind of a not a plot point, but sort of kind of right that there's, you know, this reveal, you know, towards the end of the film. I mean, just to jump into it, because I'm sure if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're probably seen this movie because since it's a Marvel movie, most people have. And unfortunately, a majority of people have a strong opinion about this movie, which is why we're talking about that it. reveal and of the name, though, is like something that only I feel like Samuel L. Jackson could perform that task of that. So there's some lines in here that yes, are rough. But when you have oh, yeah. when you oh, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you have a. We're going to list them all what right you, now. What do you got to go? go? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a guy like Samuel L. Jackson that just like, hey, I thought it was Marvel, like the Marvelettes. I was just like, hey, this is the best way that you could go across this bridge of because I'm just waiting for that. Like, you know what your name should be. Mm-hmm. I'm even thinking of the the poopy doopy Snoopy uh, Fantastic Four, most recent Fantastic Four movie where the very end. They're trying to come up with a name and it's just, oh, and it's just a big, like, uh, are they going to say it? Ooh. Are they, are uh, they gonna, ooh. that's what the people want. Right. Yeah. yeah don't, you know, you got to hold that stuff close to the vest because, you know, um, I just want God, them to why, stare, why stare spoil straight, such a straight down the surprise. barrel and just like ASMR, just fantastic for fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I, you know what? I loved the Marvettes a little bit because it just had me immediately singing with them. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mr. Oh, how does it go? It goes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, hey, Mr. Postman. Hey, Mr. Postman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck you yeah. know, which is a fucking banger. I love that he's song not, he's, a lot. Yeah, he's referencing something, something else, and then it gets yeah, you thinking about just a really good song. Right? There's a lot of songs in this movie, James. How did you feel about the oh. music? There's well, all of that oh, was wow. like <laughs> that response just kind of get the felt like a, the air just got sucked out of the room. No, I'm sorry, like, to bring well, that it up. A, it was different because it was a lot of '90s stuff, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, I love I love a lot of these songs, which is how they were the spin this record would start spinning it just felt like a whoa this this feels out of place (laughs) oh yeah very much like a jukebox musical where it would just be kind of a classic uh you know a a lot of yeah what would you what would you call uh, mainly the music choices like from the 90s in this it'd be a lot of that kind of grungy stuff right because we have her wearing a nine inch nail shirt there's uh it's definitely the big Bikini. nirvana song at, at that point mm-hmm. and then of uh, the big no yeah. doubt song um, yes right during a fight scene right which is kind of what you were alluding to and that's another and, one where i love i love that song like especially the just a girl like no doubt so i love no doubt and and it's somehow even hard to see it juxtapositioned with the things that are happening and at the moment and how they like start it up and and start and stop it like and I, i've I know it's a big thing in trailers now, and I brought this up to you with like the Napoleon trailer. Oh um, yeah, and that trailer that? has. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big <laughs> theme in trailers. It's just kind of how 
how a lot of them are cut is picking a very popular song and not doing what Captain Marvel has done, but instead do making it much more dramatic and then having big like like bass hits and stops and starts again and making it more epic. And they use that Radiohead song, which I love my Radiohead. And even I was, I mean, I love my Ridley Scott and uh, Gladiators, I don't know, has always been one of my favorite movies. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for a Napoleon mm-hmm. movie. But that was like the one down part. And I should be stoked on having like a Radiohead song. And it was even like sure. they did the same treatment to a Radiohead song in Silo. It's the it's a great band to use those kind of moments. Silo, the Apple TV Plus show. That's It's pretty good. Um but anyways, my well, I, my broader yeah, point I, was just that like yeah. those that's one way to do it, and I'm not even saying that's correct. But the there's the way that uh, this has used the songs is really just starting up the song because the like actual song, not a kind of an interpolation or some type mm-hmm. of remix or whatever. It is legitimately just playing the actual song. Yeah, and I I even saw, I mean, Guardians is the best example of incorporating that kind of stylings, those kind of music stylings into a movie that really would have a hard time fitting those kind of music notes into it because of the material and everything. But then the visual language and the the humor of of James Gunn in those movies makes it okay where it was kind of 70s and then 80s and then with the third one, 90s as well. And there's some, the third one. I saw the third one. Yeah. And it's, Oh, I haven't it, seen it. It's good. It's, it's good. It's fucking heart, oh, cool. heartbreaking just not to give anything away, but there's some heartbreaking yeah. like uh, stuff with uh, rockets origin story a little bit, you know, but what I've heard, yeah. um, you know, they use creep even as a Radiohead uh, parallel and it's done very well. Yeah. Cause it's so, like mixed in a yeah. way like that, that it, it goes in and out with, with what's going on instead of just like, very flatly play yes, layered on top of yeah. something. It's seems so after the fact mm-hmm. I get what you mean because you know, the two uh, examples, the Nirvana one, Guardian, maybe not as much. It's kind of looping that opening a bit, but yeah, sure. Yeah. But like in guardians, um, you have um, like, what is it? Hey, Mr. Blue, I think the ELO song. What is that ELO song? Uh, Nonetheless. Oh yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. But that is so it it is embedded, like you said, into how the scene is um, edited so that it's it's punchiness, it's highs and lows. The timbre of the song fits the action very well. Mm -hmm. So it just really is a wonderful addition because you're like, oh, this is just really spectacular action. And then this song rips. So I love So now it's like I. You know, it's I love it even more because of it. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right is more often than not, especially, too, because there's a lot of uh, usage of this, uh, these popular songs where they might just be driving or just doing right. <laughs> fucking, I don't know, like in transit or like moving around or not any <laughs> like w- w- the salt and pepper. What a man song, right? Is like all oh, they're doing yeah. is just driving somewhere from where they were. I, is that the one where the security guard is that what he's listening to in his, uh, in his car? Ooh, I don't know. If, I don't think he was listening to anything. Cause I just remember him being very like, doesn't have a lot to, to I say. That, I think that's when <laughs> he was time he's to asked it. about something. And yeah. he's just like sitting. Yeah. And he's so like, 
It's just not a, real, and, uh, not a real person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just, <laughs> or maybe he's in shock, I, I guess, is, would be the argument. And uh, Which is somewhat understandable. And I mean, I'm sure for that actor, like, yeah, I mean, your direction is, is that something just fell from the heavens and crashed into this blockbuster. You should be shocked about that because that's a really crazy thing to have happen and witness. But it's it wouldn't be a great opportunity for some fun and levity to because uh, Brie Larson kind of brings it, you know, because the the like fun there and the comedy there is that she is very um, matter of fact, you know, yeah. to her, she's not Holy she's unfazed. Family. Yeah. Unfazed by what has happened. And she's just trying to, like, solve the next problem to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, she just approaches the guy, goes like, you know, and then has that whole little bit about a communications. And then he points to a radio shack, which is, you know, such, you know, isn't that fun, James? A strip mall you know? with a blockbuster and a radio shack. Radio and, shack? Uh, yeah. Remember just... when that was the thing? We're old enough to know this. This that's, is yeah, that's this what is, the movie wants us to talk about. They want us to lean over like, oh hey, I remember that. Oh my god. I was going through yeah. my old stuff. I found my block blockbuster membership card and I like kept it. I was like, I got rid of all bunch of my old shit that uh I had I just it was a lot of old stuff that uh, I got back. Um and for you. that was one thing and I was like, Hey, look at that. I'm gonna I might hang on to that sure. for a second. <laughs> yeah why not i mean crap, but it's a little it's a little card and then yeah the radio shack right next yeah. <laughs> right next to it's a little tiny yeah. card it's a little for, tiny card but then yeah communications um, all those have, vhs players you could get rid of <laughs> uh, yeah oh i mean it's a collection never uh i have the soundtrack list uh crazy on you by heart kiss me deadly by uh where's a shirt of at the end of the movie what a man by salt and pepper connection connection by elastica only happen when it rains garbage crush with eyeliner rem i don't even remember i like that uh -huh. song and i'm trying to remember exactly when it was it must have just been really in the background and there's like an intro to that song that they probably used but i just don't it must have been like in the background somewhere of course, because there again, there are plenty of times in this movie where these songs play where like, you know, uh, Crush with an eyeliner could have been playing while she's walking out of her jet plane. And that's like, you know, that's playing in the background or mm -hmm. she's like going to she's like working on something or just doing something uh, and maybe it was an action scene and it just, it starts playing and it's really hard to pinpoint that mm -hmm. because um, a thing that I'll start getting into talking about is the action of this is one of those things that I really have a huge problem with <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> uh, <laughs> because I absolutely at this point loathe action sequences now in these movies and that's why by and large i don't like these movies anymore is when people are just going Bam! Yeah! Oh, <laughs> and it's just like God. color light beams shooting out of people well that's it's the, so that's the fucking climactic boring. like battle at the end is what happens and i just about Bitch, like careless deflated right? into the couch <laughs> oh, i was like, <laughs> I was like oh. a balloon i just deflated all and i just couldn't get up anymore <laughs> And then the rest sure. of the happened, but um, yeah. And then uh, you got to be by Desiree. Come as you are, Nirvana. Just a girl, no doubt. Man on the Moon by Arium. I don't even remember, remember that Arium. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when was that? Couldn't tell you about the fuck. Couldn't tell. Two Arium yeah. songs in this, and I don't remember. And as yeah, as a fan, that's that's surprising. But I remember like all, a lot of these other ones. 
So those are probably yeah. just like background, like on the radio or something. Uh, oh, no, and then radio. celebrity skin hold was like the end credits. Waterfalls. I think that's what the guy was listening to in his car. Maybe. No, I think that was like a road trip thing. Like they were driving. I'm pretty sure he was, oh, okay. he was listening to the, uh, what a man. Okay. Gotcha. Let's t- let's talk a l- about some of the players <laughs> in the. I'm sorry, we're going down a rabbit hole of things we don't like, and let's. The let's music was a big like. It's not as bad as like just the final note. It's not as bad as like Suicide Squad, the the or the uh-huh. no, the first, whatever the first Suicide the Squad first one, one, where it's just mm-hmm, like sure. new character, new song, and the you can almost hear the record scratch like, and then the whole movie stop, and then just restart over again with a new character, and they just pull play another song. Uh, and all good songs, but somehow are just ruined by <laughs> what's hap- what's happening. But not to that level. But it is very much just like we're back in the '90s, so there's a lot of setting the scene with that. Um, and that was yeah, like what we're absolutely. talking about. But that's all. Yeah, for sure. So some of the players in this movie, uh, the main uh, cast of characters, I would say, are Brie Larson, Samuel Jackson, and Jude Law. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about these three people. So. I want to talk about Jude Law in particular, because this him playing a villain, we had just recently done um, uh, Pan and Wendy. And the holiday. <laughs> and the holiday. We've done two. Uh, he's not two, a villain uh, in two, that, I guess. No, he's not a villain, but um, he's not the he's not the main character. He is a main character, but since that's like, like a, an ensemble, a f- yeah, it's an ensemble. So it's he's Kate, not- yeah, it's more Kate Winslet and um, Cameron Diaz are the main characters you would. You'd argue, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Especially because it's a Nancy Myers movie, so the females are going to be the leads of it. And yeah, which is fine. They're right. on holiday. They're the ones that are yeah. on holiday. Yeah, they start the movie. They're the ones that uh, do the whole switching and stuff. So yeah, it's it's great. Um, Jude Law in that movie is great too. I I mean, I yeah, I I love Jude Law in. Um, He's just so handsome it, and charming. I remember him like just walking married. into her house and just like like talking and just like man kind of drunk a little late at night and then he's just so like uh apologetic but quickly is able to turn on the charm to turn win her over because levels are yeah out of control (laughs) you gotta nerf those charm levels jude law Wow, that was such a pog champ thing to say, James. I love it. <laughs> We're on Twitch, by the way. So I'm just, this is my Twitch. Just for talking this is about a, all a little Twitch line. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> um, so Jude Law. So he, he just kind of fascinates me because, again, yeah. So we just did uh, Pan and Wendy, and he's the villain in that, and he's the villain in this movie. And it's uh, now when I think of these really, you know, kind of these actors that have been around a while, especially really good looking actors that have been around a while. Now, man, it just goes to show you how um, important of a movie uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is because that movie's storyline with um, Leonardo DiCaprio talks about the trajectory of a uh, leading man and how you go from being the leading man until you get too old or not bankable enough. And then you start playing the villain roles. And, mm-hmm. you know, in that movie, he struggles with that because obviously he, you know, he considers himself uh, still a leading man, even though his career is past that. And so I was thinking about that concept as applied to Jude Law. And I was looking at his uh, body of work and he kind of never was like really I think he had some outings as the leading guy, but 
really not much of a leading man overall. Like not a lot no. of that. A lot of the time he is always a player in good movies for sure. He has popped up in a lot of good stuff, but I I, I think he might've gotten wrote. I was thinking of like, what movies was he the leading man that people were like, Oh yeah, right. Jude law. This guy could be the one who kind of is the vehicle for, uh, you know, big blockbuster and, and to be the leading man. And one, uh, movie that stood out to me was cold, cold mountain, cold mountain was, was a standout for me uh, since that, uh, movie got a lot of, uh, like award buzz and he's a big, big part of that. I think, you know, that was one of the movies where people, well, cause also too, you just consider like talented Mr. Ripley and he is very magnetic in that, you know, which is huge part, part of his of character. Huge part of that mm. movie. Yeah. But Matt Damon is for sure the, the lead. For sure the lead. But I think you, I think plenty of people saw that movie myself included and go like, you know, especially cause he's a British actor going like, Oh man, who is, you know, Jude law. Oh yeah. This guy's, this guy's got something. What's this his guy's name? Got Dewey? The... Or Ducky or something? Dewey? No, du- not Ducky? Ducky? No, Dewey. it's Ducky because Ducky likes to fucky is how I remember. Is that what he says? <laughs> no, that's not what he says, but that's what I say. That's what you he's say. Such a, he's <laughs> such a cat. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, because he's just such a playboy and that's, you know, the attraction that Matt Damon has to him is that obviously Matt Damon is this fucking weirdo. <laughs> like, um... Uh, not a shut in, but yeah, just is not charismatic by nature. He, you know, he has to force himself to be that. Yeah. And but then, yeah. Uh, the transition you're, I mean, you're talking about the transition from him kind of playing that role in that movie has him staged as almost the archetypal sort of like handsome, suave, charismatic debonair sort of mm-hmm. sort of guy that uh has everything going for him and all the guys want to be the ladies want to be with sort of thing at least in matt damon mr ripley's eyes um and to see him transition i think pretty effortless effortlessly because the standard for him to always be the leading man hasn't been held over him because he, yeah like you're saying he hasn't had like necessarily all of his roles have been surrounding that he has taken a lot of like supporting you. Like, I think he's a really great supporting actor and he's very, very willing to ugly himself up. And I'm even thinking of a movie that I saw later in my life, but is it road to perdition? The, the Tom Hanks movie, Um, which is right before like the ugly, like weird assassin dude. That's just in the Mm -hmm. background the whole time. And, and knowing that someone's willing to take on those roles as well. Um, speaks to yeah just what he wants because he has the power to I, th- I think kind of get those leading roles and things that whatever he he may like but uh, maybe not whatever but just the to be able to support something that's that's great and uh, be around something that seems to be more iconic or being able to work with the established directors or great cast is it seems to be something that he is willing to do and not only is willing to do, but thrives in because the other one I really like is uh, I heart Huckabee's performance in that, whatever you think about that, that movie, but I um, love that movie. I think yeah. His I performance love it. is yeah. one of the more memorable ones for me. And in, in that one as, as well, where it is kind of <clears> like on the surface, he is that guy, but then what's bubbling underneath kind of comes out and knowing that that kind of person has that sort of like 
weird side Self, of them was uh self-awareness yeah yeah and intriguing as a as a audience member like whether it be i don't know something like george clooney or something or or mm-hmm. uh whatever just like you know that there's like oh I, something weird is going on like he can be kind of uh nefarious as well as as turn the charm on and all, i mean leo and brad pitt and uh tarantino we like once upon a time in hollywood talk, even talking about that like their performances and and that and and him as the main character in that is is uh so good i love that movie i'm all over the place someone reel me back in let's talk about it's okay Cap- Captain, it's okay no no Captain but i Marvel. just I, all i'm trying to get to is is that uh jude law has had a really interesting career and he has just continued to play villains in the last co- you know last big movies that we've seen him in um you know and yeah. also the batman right he played uh penguin as well so he's just no, been that, that uh, in the, oh no i'm sorry that's oh god that's um Oh, my dear boy. It's uh, the uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, Colin Farrell. Oh, but God. Uh, just two good looking British guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess he's Irish. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, but yeah, nonetheless, like our Jude Law tier list next time. That'd be fun. Oh, my God. I'd like to do um, like a, a Sam Rockwell or something too. like that guy's so cool. Or Ben Mendelsohn. Let's Ooh, uh, let's talk about him. Yeah. My apologies about the a man. Uh, the, the flood there. I mean, oh, just one last thing is I just I think it was kind of un, unfortunate for Jude Law being also again being in the fantastic young piece, sexy Dumbledore, I, young sexy priest because there's or, just a, uh, there's just a young couple. Sexy Pope? Yeah, sexy Dumbledore. Um, there's just been a couple movies that he's been a part of where I think he kind of is given uh, higher status, and the movies themselves haven't done well. But it's not it's not his fault. So it's just yeah, it's it's been an interesting career for him. And uh, yeah, I think he's a great actor. But yeah, let's uh, let's move on from him yeah, and talk do about a lot of ensemble stuff. That's that's cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, but Ben Mendelsohn, I didn't bring that up in my uh, you know. And my list of the big players here, but Ben Mendelsohn, let's, I'm a Ben Mendel stan, if you know what I mean. Same brother. Um, he is for me kind of like the best part of this movie and the ability to act through the Krull makeup is something that must be very difficult. And I like that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like makeup and prosthetics. Like that's cool. And that, uh, yeah, you know, you know, all things considering, and they're just like, oh, like in a, like a rubber suit or something. But it's more than that. Like uh-huh. the, the makeup looks looks good, and he's just acting through it so well. And even having like the timing uh, to, I don't know, the line about like, why would I turn into a filing cabinet was whatever kind of line, but he delivered it that made me kind of like almost chuckle. Oh, there's plenty of lines. I, I he brings a lot of levity to a pretty grim. Um, like disposition and plight in life, you know, cause mm-hmm. this movie handles some really interesting concepts. I, I like his turn. Pro- that's like my, might be my favorite part of the movie is his like arc. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the most interesting for sure. <laughs> because yeah, just, you, I like the idea of to of simply like put it. Yeah. Thinking like, Oh, they're the bad guy. And then like, you find out that they're not, in this like very messy structured movie, which I'm not as crazy about his kind of cuts through the fat a little bit of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Other things are not fleshed out. Unfortunately, <laughs> like the Cree, I don't know. I think the he, the Cree he, aren't fully. Let's talk about out. the Cree. Can Do you want to talk about, about the Cree now? Can we, can we talk Cree? Let's talk Cree. Okay. 
So, so here's the thing is that the scrolls talk, and the creed. Do you talk Cree in your other podcast as well when you scream into I the do. void? Yeah, a void screaming. Yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's something I'm working through. But anyway, so speaking of working through and some cathartic stuff, yeah. let's just talk. Let's talk Cree real Kree. quick. So, so the scrolls and the Crees have been locked mm-hmm. into this million year war, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do we even have to mention? <laughs> so they've been locked into this million year war. So it really started out with actually the scrolls uh, paying attention to the Cree as a society coming up and valuing their resources on their planet and really like them being the villains of it. And then the Cree rise above that in this million. That's why the, they have this war. And so there's this contentious relationship between the scrolls and the Crees. And so now at this point, the Crees have gotten further advanced, arguably, than the scrolls. So they are really trying to eliminate what used to or who used to be their oppressors, right? So we're just seeing some like intergalactic um conflicts that have been happening for a really long time. And so we're just been, you know, kind of dropped in, presented with, you know, really quickly. I mean, being- the beginning of this movie is just like, yeah. <laughs> What the fuck is happening? I I felt like I got whiplash where they come out guns a blazing in this movie and they're like, okay, so we're on Hala and then we got the, (laughs) we got the Kree and then we got this super intelligence. Okay. Then we're going to go on this mission. The uh, scrolls are the bad guys. The scrolls are like this. And I'm just like, what the fuck are we talking about? It's like, uh, I yeah it was uh, so I had to like delve into this because it just blew me away. They throw how, so much at you in that in that first do, first portion. Really, yeah, and it's like this is okay to set the stage too. Is this movie is in between um, Infinity uh, what War you call and it? Infinity War and Endgame, right? So we're really like in that world of you know understanding that. There are superheroes and gods. They are trying, you know, they tried to protect the world from this invader who I'm trying to even. uh, So Titan is the planet that they're uh, that uh, Thanos is from. I can't remember what race that they are, but like, you know, with the introduction of the Guardians of the Galaxy, it really blew this whole Marvel Universe wide open where there are Zandarians. There are. whatever Thanos is. And there's just all these different races of uh, aliens. And so like, I guess it kind of prepares you a little bit, but this movie, man, really just, you kind of, you have to know or else it's like super fucking confusing. It doesn't reference too many other things either, but it within like the self-contained, I guess that'd be the first act. Like the first act and the first portion of it is just meant to give you kind of whiplash in, in a purposeful sort of way. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. effective necessarily because it is trying to induce in you like what it feels like to be a patient of amnesia or something. Cause you're like, what? Huh? Uh-huh, right. Of course, yeah. I don't know. I guess you're like, you're supposed to feel like captain Marvel. Cause you're like, not sure what's going on. Um, and but she knows what's going on. Cause she's yeah. been there a while. So we're, but she was just we like, don't have a good surrogate. Yeah. And then like they immediately grab her and, and start harvesting memories out of her. And so 
you just yeah like you just know so little for such an it seems like such an important thing it feels like you're walk, walk, walking into the middle of a movie um and so and, and, i i mean yeah. you, you gotta i, I would you just, gotta be yeah. a little suspicious of the cree off the top of like you know you're questioning what their deal is why she's there and what happened in between whatever this crash is but the way the movie moves past this is not super satisfying in delving out the answers to all these questions because they're not divvied out mm. in the most like clean way either. Some of the some of the combination of images are pretty, like the blue explosion or something, and then like the fine dust and stuff. But it doesn't really like totally. have any meaning to me. And then when it, you do discover it, I I don't know. It just doesn't fully have a satisfying conclusion in in a broader sense of what, of everything. Yeah. And it's just, it's really insult to injury where, you know, I like the idea that the movie goes quickly into essentially like a height, not a heist, but like a, uh, like an extraction mission, you know, Uh we're just like plowing through it and being like, okay, so we're going to go on this mission. Here's our target. We're going to go here. Everybody ready. And then you get to see the cast of characters, Mm -hmm. but it is so weird because everybody's like different colors (laughs) and so you're like is that the same person as this person like why is vers a human and so is jude law but he's not then there's a blue person and then there's a black guy and then there's like another race of person and you're uh, like captain or whatever can come out as like with the blue blood thing kind of worked i guess as a a reveal so that she can be uh, i guess i was something like the creed is that another thing are they like the scroll do they they don't change their form do they or they just look like humans or all the creed just various looks i mean that's an excellent question (laughs) this is where just like the yeah maybe marvel fans are just like you guys don't get it uh well well, but that like reminded me of like the beginning of thor where he just kind of has his crew and like you can they're just like oh let's we're carrying out another mission like we're we're doing another thing it just with that cold open and how they come together and all all as guardians like more messy rather than you know oh you get it it's thor he's got he's an established like idea and you know mythology Mm -hmm. and and human storytelling this is like a little bit harder to digest when you start throwing around. Yeah. Those, those terms and everything. Um, yeah. So, and then also too, it's like, I guess it kind of works well for the movie, but very accidentally in my opinion is that we get to this, um, hostage situation on this planet. I don't remember the name of it, but like it's, a lot of smoke and people start speaking a different language and yelling. And it creates a lot of tension of like, who is who? Cause it does posit that the scrolls are able to uh, take on the look of somebody else. So it does add a lot of stakes of like, Oh, this is a very tense situation. Cause everybody doesn't know who they are, but again it's just so confusing because i like i don't know mm-hmm. who the the like inhabitants of that planet are it's all i very haven't dark. really seen what 
them changing means. You've just told me that that's what Mm -hmm. they do. And it just really created a lot of confusion for me where I'm like, and then smoke is added to the situation. And I'm like, wait, who's, who's on? Well, they got Side. different color, different color light on? beams, Brandon. That's all you need to know. Just look at the different <laughs> color light beams and you're, you know, you root for the green or whatever. Right. Yeah. Root for the green. Well, no, green you root for beam. the blue in the beginning and then the green's the bad. And then oh, I thought purple or something was bad. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but let's, yeah, we don't need to get too hung up on this. I mean, really, nah, it's, I we, mean, that's it's, like one of the more like w- the rest of the movie. I, I don't know. I'm like fine. Like talking about like more broad strokes. We don't need to go like beat by beats, but that like, that was a big chunk of it. Um, and then hit her crashing into blockbuster and, and radio shack. Mm-hmm. And there is a port, there's a part at that battle. First of all, the Mohawk looks pretty cool. Um, yeah. and then the, I read that comment nice yeah, uh, i had a comic book class in college and read that comic because it's like a uh it was a very unique like feminist comic you know it's very it's an interesting character where you know it's like a female passes the mantle down to another female and then that female is consistently a badass super capable never the damsel in distress like you know really has a strong point of view of like you know i care about my family like that we end up seeing and like who who matters to her and all of that stuff and yeah the mohawk's badass really is yeah that's has a cool effect um and she does this thing when one of the aliens, like, uh, or the scrolls or whatever, like goes, Bleh! and then she just goes, Bleh! like uh-huh. yells back. And it very much reminded me of Brendan, Brendan Fraser in the mummy. And that uh-huh. made me happy because that just, it works. I don't know. Just like, well, I'm just going to do the same thing back. Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, it's classic. Right. It, always, it never gets old. Um, and how do you then, how do you feel about Brie Larson just in general now because you brought up a point of her handling the comedy and then as yeah. we kind of touch on some of the plot points I mean because I've I've definitely gone through a lot of the uh, issues that people have with this movie and the biggest mm-hmm. one is obviously how people feel about her acting they think it's very wooden it uh, mm-hmm. has no depth and she is. Uh, Time and time again, a review would be like, she's a terrible actress. Uh, She's a cardboard cutout is the Mm, thing that gets thrown out a lot about her performance. And honestly, man, I was trying to think about her in comparison to Captain America, Chris Evans. And I don't really see the difference between the two in their performances. I I overall like her as an as an actor. So like uh, what this what this movie called for, what the script called for the dialogue was rough throughout for me and they had, there were some good performers that were doing their best. Like I I think casting her as a superhero was a great move. I don't know. I think she like, I agree as a, as a superhero, like it, she, she exudes that physicality, that aura and everything. And kind of has, I think being icy and closed off fits the character and that's what I'm saying about the Chris Evans of it all. Cause I just was thinking about his performance in captain America and like, he is so stoic. He stoic, like a superhero yeah, like to me is, is very like, at least what they presented to us. Marvel at, with these male lead actors is they're not like, yeah, they can have some fun, but a lot of the main characters are supposed to come off as like really capable, very like, you know, have like this good intrinsic nature to them. And they're not like, 
I don't know. They don't, they're not crazy or flying off the handle a lot. They're just very, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good boy trying to save the world. <laughs> it's and a captain like, mindset. I, they're both captains. That's just how it, it's going to be. Exactly. So I just, that's why, yeah, it just kind of drove me nuts a little bit where, you know, it's, you call her wooden in, in a cardboard cutout, but like, what is, you know, what are some of these other men uh, leading, you know, superhero guys giving you that's totally different? Sure, there are flourishes with difference in being able to handle comedy better. Because, I mean, yeah, maybe she doesn't handle comedy all that well, but I don't know. She kind of like, gi- <laughs> she gives such a, in my mind, a really good performance because she says the lines with the intent that the character should have. Uh-huh. And the line should be funny. And so just by saying it normally, how that person would, that should be funny. That's like she doesn't she have to be like, yeah. like, wink, wink, I'm making a joke, you know, right. something like that. It's just like, you know, say the line. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, I, I don't, don't have know, to imply like, like oh, it. now this is a funny line. Like now I'm uh-huh. going to start implying with my body language that it's going to be funny now. And her body language knows more like strong and and but also like, yeah, like you're saying stoic and a hard, hard shell and, and everything but she's been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. However many of which, years of amnesia and, and trying to figure out who, who she is and having these dreams of and shit, she's going, going through a lot. But then like those moments where, yeah, like there's, there's lines like she, she does fine. It's just like my issues don't really lie uh, with her and even seeing her in fast X recently. Um, she yeah, hand, she right. handles an action role very well. And, uh, I mean, seeing room, like, her performance in room is amazing. So I, I, so I watched that after seeing this because oh, I had wanted. You, had you seen it before? I had not seen it before oh. because I watched this movie and then went and looked at the reviews. It's been a while since I'd seen it, but her, I mean, I and then since her performance so, being, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, that movie in general really blew me away because when spoiler alerts for the room is about half the halfway mark almost on the dot they escape from their situation and that really blew me away because i was like a tip i i you know i a typical movie that is positing uh like a kidnapping situation or whatever like the end of the movie would be them escaping Hmm. but the fact that they escape halfway through was really like jarring and shocking and it's like holy shit so like we're gonna have to deal with the fallout which was such an incredibly interesting take Hmm. on that concept of a movie of somebody getting kidnapped and needing to escape from their uh from their captor and and to then focus the back half of the movie on what it means to assimilate back into life was so interesting. Like I never really seen that before. Cause again, I just, you know, was so hardwired of like, there's no way there. Like I was the whole time I was like, well, he's going to get both of them, like, or she's going to stay captured or whatever. And this movie's going to continue with that. But the fact that they both get out halfway through was really just such a like fresh, like take on that, concept uh in a movie because then you focus the back half on what it means to get back into society and the struggle there and also the acceptance of what has happened and focus more on that because yeah i don't know i just um, typically you don't you just it ends and then you just assume like well Mm -hmm. they're gonna you know get back into society and 
forever happy ever after or whatever but to like really get into it and being like no this is incredibly difficult to become a normal person after this situation and to get to see that and then how uh tremblay wow <laughs> jacob tremblay and that is really um it's quite something so yeah oh, uh, yeah. yeah like she's a great actress i guess you know to put a you know period to the end of that thought is like Mm-hmm. she's not a terrible actress and the critiques there are really seem like they're motivated by another agenda or something, something else. Yeah. Let's, I mean, you want to touch on that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's the bulk of the polarization of this movie. Cause yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I know for myself is that I've been uh, pretty clear on how I feel about Marvel movies and the back half of this movie is going to be a lot of shooting lasers out of your hands and talking about gobbledygook. Like yeah, we uh, can say that we can say that conversation more to like it, it maybe go through the rest of the story. And then right before reviews, maybe just touch on that a little bit. Might okay. be, might be better. Um, but this is, I mean, speak of speaking of assimilating, she's trying to figure out what's going on in this uh c75 whatever the hell it is uh earth planet um she sees uh, a stan lee with a mall rat script screenplay and that was that was pretty fun pretty fun like i like that, that that was fun mm-hmm. um what was there a slow club is slow club a reference to something that seemed uh like it was not a sure reference to something because then she goes into uh i know it's a band i'm googling it and i do like that band but it's okay i was almost gonna say think like twin peaks or something but i I forget um and and then like when she comes eventually like there's like the phil and uh nick fury stuff everyone calls me fury we get into like the more scroll stuff and ben mendelson uh you find out that he's kind of in in charge um is he like in charge of shield or what i forget what he's uh his title is whatever but he's like kind of uh-huh. above uh fury and yeah. you find like out director. That, that he's a scroll but then there's like the point that the movie kind of takes a moment is when she finally finds her best friend uh from a life past her lover her, not her best friend her lover for sure okay gotcha yeah and, for sure her lover which yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like this movie handles that so gingerly because it's just disney so they're just not willing to uh-huh. show any they're not willing to- disney and and marvel and i maybe just that's you can you can blame me for <laughs> not being uh attuned as well but the the these movies are sexless <laughs> there's like no sure. mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. it's hard to have you know and that that obviously was something then i i thought but anyways i just thought that her, <laughs> no yeah her reaction to her coming back and she, i think she's a great actress as well incredible she played a uh, 007 quote yeah. unquote in uh no time to die she's yeah and she was awesome in that as well um and I'd be, yeah, yeah I'd be even though her that character kind of sucked a little bit it just from there, was, the writing there wasn't much for her to do yeah. uh but she did it well she was yeah she uh, did it well yeah but right. what the task that she's given in this as well the same with like samuel L. jackson the the lines that and the reactions that she's supposed to deliver in some of these moments are just like impossible uh, because yeah. it just cuts to her like okay so you're telling me <laughs> and it's just like the reaction of like after she told her this whole story and like just to be able to move on and then move into the next mission uh and all that stuff was just like i just remember the first time seeing this movie just being like 
how yeah how are you able to digest this why how are you just not in a corner just like <laughs> just your me, minds on, just on the ground second, just, just soup like, brain yeah. you just got to give me a second like no like I, I don't know some of that's some of that stuff. especially because she's like telling her that shit and then a scroll has like uh turned into one of them and is talking to her daughter at the same time it was such a weird imagery where again you're just like how mm-hmm. how can anybody not just like that one? freak the fuck out about this and be like this is so crazy mm-hmm. i'm losing my mind have i got did somebody bonk me on the head am i dreaming like this is insane yeah something about the tone of that like just didn't really work for me i wanted a little bit more like what the fuck like whoa this, what what yeah no way time for it. Just yeah, like, right. and that's maybe the obvious sort of thing and maybe more of the implying that we were criticizing earlier or something but this didn't work as well for me either and it just needed to take a second before moving on to the next thing um which yeah the structure, God, of, this, yeah. The structure of this movie is just like not Bizarre. not great for me Bizarre. i know they're trying to mess with that like opening and and the divvying out the information to her as well as the audience with her being kind of the, the surrogate. But like we were saying earlier, it's like, we don't have even the full knowledge of the Cree. So there's just how they give the information to the audience. Isn't fully fleshed out in my mind of everything that's going on. And I think that the structure of it is the reason that suffers the biggest, the biggest reason. Why. Yeah. Um, it start it starts to like, kind it like, assemble itself a bit and get a little bit more like cohesive when you start to realize like what Annette Benning's like purpose was because she's the yeah she's the she's the thing she's like she's the almost, yeah like what's that the, what's the word uh the MacGuffin the MacGuffin yeah she, she yeah. herself is essentially uh-huh right because and you, the memory of her because like that looks scroll the scroll are trying to like get that memory out yeah it's yeah yeah this movie really suffers from being so complicated <laughs> and when it's not, not really not, it's just like they but just it's not yeah like oh, around yeah, to right. make it seem like that but then it's just like if they told it normally it'd be like oh yeah it's i get it like she got blown up by some fucking bomb that she got the energy of and now she's a superhero and she got her memory erased and then there's this, this whole section that they just took out of the movie of her learning the Cree ways as an amnesia yeah patient. sure so they okay so then that's that. that's ne- not necessarily what i wanted is it right but, <laughs> yeah, right. but it's just like you could divvy that information out a different way but they just didn't they're just like you the Cree are bad now they were good now they're bad and and they you know are in yeah. cahoots mm-hmm. with ronin and you get the little like and i was so concerned at the end that he was just going to come with a whole army beaming down from earth. And I was about to just like pause the movie and take another break uh, and expecting to pause it and see like another half hour where there's a whole army battle, like at the end of all these movies. And I'm just going to walk away. Oh, just like, I can't, I can't do this. Right. So speaking of guardians of the galaxy. So he was the villain in the first one. Uh-huh. I like um, that actor so- too. Oh yeah, uh fucking what's his name? Oh god. Lee Pace? Okay. Lee Pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love dude, nice. Nailed it. Dude, cool. love He's that cool guy dude. too. Have you ever seen uh, uh Halter Catch Fire? No. 
Dude, check out Halter Catch Fire. Okay, I will. Shit rocks. <laughs> it's Hell so yeah. good. After succession, about, I'm late on the train on that, so I got to get through that. It's uh, The whole show is about uh, Silicon Prairie. So um, uh, what is the computer company? Compact uh, came out of Texas, and that was uh, in a, in a loosely is based on that of like a tech company out of Texas, you know, g- gaining in popularity and whatnot. And he's a main character in that, and it's awesome. It's cool. also got uh, my uh, movie crush that. Um, yeah, from uh, San Junipero, can- right? Ken, yeah, Kenzie Davis. Is that, okay, I didn't know her name. Yeah, yeah, who's also in uh, Blade I, Runner. I just one. know her as Junipero. <laughs> yeah, God, she's, <laughs> she's the best. She's such a good actress, too. Um, cool. Well, but yeah, uh, yeah I'll, well, to, I'll definitely check that one out. Like, I know he's in that Foundation show that has like a new season out as well. Yeah. Um, Kayla but, really likes that, but I, I'm not really a fan of it because gotcha. it's just, it's it's too, uh, it's. We'll see. Yeah. I know that like the source material is pretty popular too, but very popular, apparently like one of the high, like the highest regarded, like hard sci-fi book Mm -hmm. of all time or some shit like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, if you end up checking that out, you some good Apple TV stuff out there. Um, yeah, some of the lines I had was like, she says like, Oh, you're super, you're supposed to come in here with your supercharged fire hands. (laughs) Uh Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard is something that, that she says. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, and then this is a good line because maybe because Samuel L. Jackson delivers it so well too, where he's like, like let's, I think it's when Mendelssohn is like in the room and they're all trying to figure out Walk a way out. forward. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, let's yeah. not make this complicated. And he's like, I'm about to complicate that wall with some ugly ass scroll brains. Yeah, man. Wow. I yeah. didn't deliver it well, but he did. Well, yeah, because he's a fucking he's <laughs> the man. Goddamn professional. That guy. Yeah. You give him whatever and he knows how to he knows how to work it. God, oh, I I love Samuel in this, but like. His whole makeup situation was so distracting to me it was really hard for me to ever like not be paying attention to this like seemingly painted on (laughs) hair that he has that looks like it all it's almost like so like sharp in its point because it's so fake or whatever and then he just has like this weird makeup makeup. because they're yeah because they don't use the like irishman de-aging technology they just trying to figure out with phil it almost looked like they did with phil really i just think that guy just is a good looking dude that just hasn't really aged at all yeah they just use the same amount of makeup on him and it just worked really well. And it just works really well. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, obviously they're also like fairly different in age. I, I would assume that they're probably like 15 years difference in age or whatever. Yeah, it's fair. But like, yeah, it just, it, dude, it was just always so fucking distracting where, cause like, I've seen like Pulp Fiction, I don't know, a gazillion times or whatever. So I'm, I'm familiar with like what, his look is at this point in his life yeah. and that's the thing that's a problem for me with the way that they approach that's the true. de-aging for him is, is like oh he man is if such he an incredible exactly like jewels <laughs> be, so it'd be funny. lit as hell yeah, i would have loved so- it but instead we got this like really kind of like scary like it it, it always just to me comes off as like 
an old man trying to be a young man, like, like almost like the joke of, uh, never been kissed of like, you know, every, you know, the movie wants you to believe, Oh yeah, uh-huh. we're totally pulling off that. He's a younger man, but he's actually older. But I, you just clearly see that this is like an older man mm-hmm. and you've just like dolled him up. And it just well, it's like the like, Steve Buscemi meme, right? And like, what's up fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or we just, yeah, recently saw, um, not another teen movie and that whole bit yeah. of like, yeah, the really old woman being like, it's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. Cool. It's it. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's pretty and then the whole makeout scene with her is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I just say, like, just as a concept, like this kind of superhero isn't really my cup of tea. Yeah, One I agree. Can, like fly and like shoot fucking energy blasts out of their fists and just impervious to everything, which is what she becomes by the end of this. And that's just like, yeah not super interesting and just getting blasted by nuclear blast. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't do it for me too much. No. And like that to me is the fairest criticism from all the trolls out there is like, I, I, yeah, you know what? I can sympathize with this issue by and large that Marvel will always have where you have to establish who's more powerful than who, because you need to understand power levels in order for battles to happen. And like, that's by and large, like what you're always kind of working towards is like people fighting against each other. And so you have to establish like what level of power people have. And a lot of criticism is, is that she is to your point is this kind of amorphous power of light beams that are just able to disintegrate. Like, I don't know if, there's if a you were to say like, it, what it's just like uninteresting for me. And maybe people do have like that. Yeah. Seeing the power fantasy of just being able to just blast off into space and take down a whole fucking ship. And by like, you know, just flying through it. Um, but then how do you raise the ceiling from that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's impossible, really. You kind of, uh, you know, paint yourself into a box where you're like, because I, I remember with Endgame coming out and this movie and the press about it with Kevin Feige, right? Kevin Feige? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, talking about how he is. His whole thing is Captain Marvel is the strongest superhero out of all of them. Mm -hmm. And that's the direction he wants to take the universe is he wants to take it with a, you know, a female that is the strongest character. This is what the future of Marvel is going to look like. With her powers, it makes sense. Yeah. But, but I totally agree with you that visually it's so uninteresting to just have light beams and, you know, fire light, just, emitting like from you I mean, just superman has just never really been that interesting to me either but at least with superman you have he has laser eyes like it's specific to that he can fly but it's not breath and uh right. what he's got what else he's just like and, and then like he's got this kryptonite you know that's that's his thing but i guess captain marvel i'm not i'm not sure what hers is but Right. Like what is it? Yeah. And that's another issue of this too. I'm glad you brought this up because like, that's another issue with this character as well. Fundamentally is that it just, this, there's no real stakes in this movie. It just, it, it seems so like it, even though it doesn't reference like the Marvel uh, cinematic, the MCU, uh, the MCU, 
MCU. The, even though it doesn't reference all those things, like it, like throughout it, it, you can feel like it just is a part of something else. It doesn't. It has a hard time like standing on its own completely because you can tell like it's just. I mean, not only the beginning of the movie and how it's just you just pick up into the middle of something, but a lot <laughs> of it feels like it's doesn't have time to be getting to the important stuff. Oh, uh, sure. Just even in the pacing of it, which makes sense with it being in between arguably like their two most important movies ever as, yeah, you know, which is a real problem that this movie inherently has built into it is that we are at the height of Marvel right now. And this just seems like taking the wind out of the sails, pumping the brakes, just doing this whole, like really letting the gas out of the balloon in the middle of the penultimate height of Marvel. Cause I just, honestly, the way that I've seen these movies go from here on out after Endgame, I don't, I don't know if they'll ever get back there to what like, no, I don't think so. And you know, and Infinity fine. War and Games. Yeah, like they, they fucking did it, dude. Like, just yeah, let it, let it. You let mean it uh, like a th- what is? I'm. I would love to see what the gross is of the like Endgame. It's like three billion dollars or some fucking wild ass shit, right? Oh, it's, yeah, and I mean they, the you did the it. The Spider Man stuff, like they're they're still having their their pops and their and their moments and everything too. But um, they did it, and it just hasn't been as interesting since that that moment as well. Uh, that was like the height of it in my mind. And this came right in between it and rode in, I feel like a little bit on the, on the coattails. Um, but it Oh just, yeah. Cause this movie was very successful, but it couldn't really alter too much with the world and everything too, because it is, the world is beholden to a lot of other stuff going on. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I feel like also to address like the powers and everything, like, I've I have liked some movies that feature people. I don't know. Thor is Ragnarok is one of my favorites. If, if I had to pick out of all these Marvel I, movies, like maybe that one is my favorite. And that's not like a hot take. I feel like that's a lot of people. Do you rank like your top three? Yeah. I mean, I like that one. I liked Infinity War. Um, okay. I thought that was like amazing. Just having them. I agree. Like writing a screenplay and incorporating all those character characters. And I like that. I, th- I thought it was so cool that it ended with Thanos winning, winning. Yeah. And I was like, Incredible. Oh wow. This is cool. Like in a very popular movie to like fucking just kill off half of the characters and then, you know, and then go into an end game is, is good too. Yeah. Maybe like those two, like together, I think is a, is quite the feat. Um, but running through. I agree. Some, mine, mine are some very similar. First, I would say first Iron Man yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah but in, now in comparison, yeah. I mean, my top three would be, uh yeah it'd be thor ragnarok guardians of the galaxy one and oh, infinity guardians. war yeah guard the guardians movies have always been pretty solid yeah one in particular for me was re- i i didn't really care too much for two because i just mm-hmm. thought the because uh, another problem and i'm sure i've expressed this before that i always have with these marvel movies is that i'm just so fatigued and really don't care and get so checked out when the whole universe or the world is at stake yeah Cause it's just too, it's, it's too much. It's always like, mm-hmm. right. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I don't know. It just bores me. So, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that they've realized and they've tried to work around in different ways. And even in this, they're trying to work around a typical origin story. 
I feel like, and that's been something that was played out at this point in 2019 when this movie came out and they're trying to figure out a new way to introduce a character in their, in their own movie and have it fit right in the universe. And yeah, just you, like you're saying, was like kind of write yourself into a corner over what, what can be possible with this kind of character. Um, mm-hmm. And then I remember, yeah, even in Endgame where everyone's just like, well, you brought in this Captain Marvel person. Like, where is she? She just says she's like off doing other bullshit in the universe. <laughs> and she's like, not even there for some of it. Cause she's just like, I got other stuff to deal with. Like half the, half the fucking population of not just your galaxy, but the universe is gone. And I got to deal with other stuff. You're not the most important planet. And then she just comes and Which wrecks, is, yeah, wrecks house. Like, yeah, I guess. Um, you know what this movie, it, like where it sits and everything and made me think of is, is and maybe you can um, relate is uh, in anime. I know I'm not a huge anime guy, but I've seen enough of it, I would say, which is very little in comparison, I'm sure, to most people. But like I I'm familiar with the concept of the episode before the like end of an arc or like the big resolution of a, uh-huh. of a major story will be like very introspective or could go back in time and just uh-huh. like f- focus on like a specific point in the main character's life that is important to how they're going to be able to overcome the big bad in the next episode. And I've seen that happen. Like what comes to mind, I feel like is in uh, avatar, the last airbender before they get to the, all the uh, conclusion of all the fire kingdom stuff. I was stuff. just thinking about it, that show. You're talking about, I mean, that's not right. It, it just like, it like takes a beat on an episode and just goes, we're going to just bring it super, super small. Where they go and on just that like, vacation on the Island. Mm-hmm. And just really like minimize things. And then there's like a focus pup- on a puppet show that shows like a rehash of everything that's happened in the show. It's great. Exactly. That show. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I feel like that this m- might've cribbed a little bit of like that idea of not focusing by and large on what is been happening and just really focus on her story, but it just doesn't come off as effective. And I'm kind of curious now presenting that idea to you is like, how, why, why don't you think that this is effective in talking about something specific to how Endgame ends up like resolving itself or like how that whole arc resolves itself? Because I just feel like it, it doesn't speak to, a character that is important and or that yeah we just got introduced to doesn't really like it's it doesn't really apply to stuff but also to fundamentally what this story is about isn't relative to the bigger thing like wouldn't this have been more interesting if instead of like focusing on the dynamic between the Kree and the scrolls it was focusing on like heroes which it kind of touches on but like uh a supernatural hero starting like and because this is because technically she's like the first avenger right and i remember it kind of being billed as that but this movie doesn't execute on that first avenger idea really well no and i think that could have been the tie-in and why they thought it was a good idea to put her in between these two to like kind of level set of like here's the first avenger we've just gone through the all of the Avengers coming together. Now we're going to, you know, take it back like an anime and go to the first Avenger, but it just doesn't, 
it just isn't effective. Yeah, it seems like they more just frayed it even more into a big. Yeah, they just expand the universe more so than than close some loopholes and address some things that have happened in the past, which would be fun and interesting, especially when you go into a time period of uh, the nineties and, and you got Samuel L. Jackson and, and Phil there, but uh, I think it would be too complicated and it would, I'm sure the Russo brothers are just kind of like, this is the limitations of what you can do with this movie in between everything. And all that it does really set up, in Endgame is kind of just Deus Ex Machina from my memory because she just shows up at the very end and and just fucks everything up. I mean, obviously there's the snap and all that all that shit, and there's more to it, but that's that was the setup for her in Endgame, and like I don't know, it it could be fine as well, but just how the how it bodes for this movie just doesn't feel. And I think for overall for a lot of the Marvel movies that don't work super well is uh when it's just doesn't stand on its own well enough this one for different reasons some of the other ones are beholden to what is happening in other stories like i even liked multiverse of madness i i thought that one was like at least different enough to be fun and and interesting at, at parts but even then that it could suffer the biggest issue of that of being beholden to both wandavision or and uh I know, yeah, and whatever Doctor Strange, and like I, don't know, I guess it was mainly WandaVision that was the the main thing that you had to like get into first, um, and even like I don't know the weird Ant Man movie. I think like I think that, and I don't know how big of a party was, but even that he shows up in like the Loki show, and so it's just that sort of stuff gets to be a drag. Um, this one came mm. right at the tail tail end, and putting it within that structure doesn't fully work with as well as some of the other ones do um and alone it it doesn't either i just for me it's the structure for me it's the structure it's the dialogue it's the screenplay it's and then when you put it piece it together back in your mind it doesn't uh come off as original or or interesting um yeah i mean i I agree i agree with you james we can take a beat on that like Uh, I think overall the direction though, I think there's a lot of cool places the camera goes in this. And I think the director is a really competent director. I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody is a bad actor in this, but I agree with you that it is always a problem. Like I like multiverse and madness to a degree, but Mm -hmm. like the stuff that I don't like is all the needing to connect to other shit stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the very beginning of it that goes into that really ugly, like, other world shit Mm -hmm. that they were like bouncing through in this cgi bullshit hate that but the second we get back into sam raimi new york and they're fighting a monster love it the horror (laughs) stuff we've talked about it the fight between the music fight between two doctor strangers awesome oh yeah and then the scenes where uh where wanda is like essentially like evil dead and she's like haunting uh a doctor strange love it but then we have to do captain we have to do fantastic mm-hmm. four we have to do the multiverse we have to go you know have this the um whoever the girl was did not care f- not to say that she's a bad actress but like i hated her character because it was just like so uh it was yeah there was something about it that it was like we need her to be important here so we can have her be important somewhere else and that yeah. just drives me i mean nuts. that's what that opening was as well was setting that up in a very ham-fisted way and uh 
this one and you can feel the foreshadowing in, in a lot of these movies are just like wink wink this is gonna mm, this is gonna be something later <laughs> you just watch out um you watch the end credit or the mid credit and stuff like that yeah i kind of yeah i kind of forget but i guess we'll we'll kind of go through these endings ending parts and then unless you uh, got something else sorry i just oh no i was yeah. just the just a girl thing was rough i didn't i didn't really care for it very much it just ends in that the energy blast with like the because this that's what's so fucking it's just sorry jesus you're getting fired it's not even real they're in like she's in like this room talking to a fucking construct of Uh of someone that's not even like it's not even a real thing it's like i love it it's physically oh yeah she's great and she and it's fun she's like doing well doing the evil side and the good and like the other yeah yeah yeah. all good but the fact that it fucking devolves into just shooting a green, like she just puts her hand up and just, I was like, fuck <laughs> you movie. Like yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a construct to make her, her feel more comfortable. Like this is just the form I take. Then why are you right. shooting green blast to make her feel more comfortable? Like about you attacking her, like change into a big scary form to really fucking, I don't know if you could do any, like what is right. like, a, green blast in that room mean it just meant nothing and it was like the most important scene in the movie like the climactic like battle like with the ultimate bad that was even lording over jula an idea of like an ai fucking take like ruling the kree there's some cool again there's more cool stuff within the kree to be to be had but they're just like being ruled by this robot or ai like that's that's interesting but no um, no, not <laughs> the concept's interesting, but what is presented in this movie is not interesting. Let me I show you the it. strength of my power. <laughs> and then she's just like, eh, and they just both do the same thing at each other. And like, how are you equating power? You guys are just vastly different beings. <laughs> how do you both devolve into shooting blasts out of your hands? You don't even have hands. You wrote you AI. <laughs> all right. That's all I wanted to say about that. <laughs> Gee, wow. You got jazzed up <laughs> <laughs> funny um what were the end credit things was uh what, what were they i'm trying to remember yeah so the first one is her giving uh nick fury the little doodad that is like uh the pager which he uses at the end of infinity war right and then the second one is the uh gus the cat coughing up the tesseract goose yeah goose the goose oh, the, goose, what is sorry. the fucking thing called uh, the yeah. yeah whatever yeah that. That, that that was a funny bit though where mm-hmm. uh goose is like they what did they like register something about they get captured and they register the cat and they're like this this the threat level is like high on the cat and then uh-huh. they scan Nick Fury and it's like really low non-existent that was pretty and funny. then and then yeah you figure out like it's like not Kraken but like something to that effect it, right yeah. mm-hmm. you want to look it up yeah sure I can find out real quick it's uh because it just shoots out those like. And it's going to be in the I don't like know, tentacles and stuff. Yeah. Tentacles. And it eats, eats characters. It's an alien cat. And then I was joking about it on it's your stream about how, yeah. Then Former the pet of Marvel. Uh, what is it? The uh, scroll don't like cats. Yeah. And also uh, Brie Larson. 
yeah does not like cats and didn't want to be near the cat when it was filming when they were filming <laughs> oh that's like a personal thing oh yeah, she I like, doesn't, she like, doesn't, no, she oh, like doesn't like cats as a personal like thing as an actress whoa interesting she doesn't like want to be around cats oh i wonder why uh yeah and then nick fury loses his eye and in, in that was so cute what do you what is her now i now i'm getting <laughs> now i'm gonna just write on rotten tomatoes <laughs> <laughs> you know what um, cardboard well, I mean, that's, that's like before Piece we of- get into some of this i mean i guess that'd be a good time to say and i'll just like just do a, a, a bridge version where it just this movie is a prime example of review bombing and that yes. was a big deal when it was coming out and it had a lot to do with stuff that brie larson said um about wanting uh film critics to be more diverse and have have more people of color uh oh, i didn't know that okay and she was speaking this was during uh wrinkle in time um, and she said something of the effect and I might be, I should probably just pull up the actual quote, but the essentially was like, Oh, I don't, like she's, she's not interested, not interested in what a bunch of 40 year old white guys think about this movie and wants to hear more about, uh, hear, hear more from people of color and, and different diversity. And she, and she went on to say like, no, I don't hate white, white guys or anything. Just she, she was pushing for more diversity in film criticism and that was something that she came out with. And uh, this was right before Captain Marvel was coming out. I think this was at, after Wrinkle in Time. And all these guys <laughs> that are like uh, big fans of Marvel, and stereotypically so, like are big fans of Mar- Marvel and everything like that, just like jumped on uh, the hate train for her. And this mm-hmm. was... Sure. After the time of Last Jedi, another movie that we talked about, and like Ghostbusters, uh, the like the Kristen Wiig and um, uh, Kate McKinnon and uh, Leslie Jones, um, was it Melissa McCarthy, Ghostbusters, yeah, you and all that. the like yep. the, the lead up to to that movie and everything, actually affected something that we hold very dear here on Polarize, the Ron Tomatoes. Uh, algorithm. Well, not the algorithm, but the structure of how they have their site set up. Where after some of those bad reviews and leading up to Captain Marvel, they started to get in a lot of these review bombs of people that had not seen the movie because they were getting their press screenings out. So there was they opened it up for um, after press screenings like they normally do. User scores started getting review bombed by people that haven't even seen it and saying a lot of hate full things towards Brie Larson and things that had nothing to do with the movie and cause they hadn't seen it yet. And so now they changed it after that. So now you can only review after the movie has come out and then you can review bomb as much as you want. Uh, but that was, this is a really good example of it being a polarizing movie even before it came out and yeah. people using it, using it to make their points about, other things as well um and voicing their opinions about someone that plays a part in the movie the same way like kelly marie tran played a part in last jedi and people mm-hmm. you know went after her so hard she like shut off her instagram and uh because people were just can't determine fiction from reality i guess and you know even i i was reading something about like someone hacking leslie it's leslie jones is that from snl 
uh, uh yeah from mm, yeah. in in ghostbusters because people were just pissed off about about ghostbusters so they like hacked her and release information information private information and stuff like that uh <laughs> it just it frustrates me a lot me with, too man i was uh, really frustrated coming into this by yeah. a bunch of things because also too we're in the middle of a writer and actor strike and there's just been so mm-hmm. much shit that's been coming out that is just so incredibly frustrating about the way movies are made movie culture and all of that uh, i canceled my netflix subscription uh the other day and just i'm getting so fucking sick and tired of yeah, just I don't know the way that um, culture and the way that business is run uh, regarding movies. And yeah, like say what you say what you will about some of these movies that we've talked about that are female led. It just is so like clear what is happening. And it's such a terrible look for anybody involved in doing that, where I was looking at some of the most uh, poorly reviewed Marvel movies and the top two are Captain Marvel and Black Widow. Like, what does that say about your culture Mm -hmm. is that you're mainly comprised of men that are really um, angry about Mm -hmm. um, not being represented, even though you're represented everywhere else. Like, you just can't. I don't know. You just can't be beside yourself. Um, And yeah, the same goes for all those fucking ghoulish CEOs is like you just like where is your humanity? Where is your, like, somebody may like this and it's not for me, but that's okay. You just feel so compelled to like go out there and be like, nah, I think I know the right answer. And everybody needs to fucking hear about how I have the right answer Mm -hmm. to this problem. And if you don't agree with me, then you're a fucking idiot. It's like, just move on. It's like, yeah, maybe I'll watch this other movie. Maybe I like a lot more, but in my mind, they're all very similar. This one is like, oh my god, very yeah. similar to the rest. Like, I, I, I'm. It just it, that's what makes it so funny to me. Like, they're like, what the reasons for hating it? Just like, what? Because there's they're exactly the same as all the other. I, they just they're, I, that's they're, what they're how all, I felt too. Fine, I don't know. They're all just <laughs> they, and this one just structured a little differently with some poopy dialogue and stuff. But it's like you you know what to expect. It's delivering the things that you would hate about it. Seem more about you than about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, it's like a dog whistle ass shit that we've just seen now. So prevalent amongst uh, internet groups where they just like voice their opinion in a particular way that really just communicates uh, an agenda. And that agenda is like really fucking weird and fucked up. Like, because all, all review bombing this movie just means that you are afraid of change fundamentally. It's like you're mad that women are in movies in a leading role almost more than the what the movie is. Because yeah. again, it's not like Brie Larson's a, a terrible actress. She's not. Why not come after the just the dialogue, which some of these other fucking Marvel movies dialogue sucks too. Oh, yeah. Like, sure, yeah. Like, let's criticize dialogue and want better for that. But like, when you just go specifically after her, it really clearly communicates to anybody who has a brain, which is not the person who is reviewing this in this particular way, because they don't have a brain because they're, they'd have to be a moron to think that no one's going to see through their bullshit when they go out of their way to specifically 
uh, criticize a woman in the role and really hone in on that. It's like, it makes me think of um, what was the other movie where, you know, people would come out and go like, it's not that I hate black people. I got a lot of black friends. Let me tell you about other black friends and other black actors that I like. You know, I'm not a racist, but fuck this black person because they're black when they should be white. It's like, dude, come on. Like, we, oh, like a little mermaid or something. I think it was for like Tinkerbell and uh, uh, Peter and Wendy or whatever. But oh, like, okay. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We were talking about Peter Pan and Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it just it's. Yeah, the, I mean those it's are some so of the re- those are some of the reviews that we shed light on then I, I think as well, and I think it's just worthwhile talking about some of those darker corners of the internet and those people that reside there and that feel like they have power to bring some of these things down for reasons that don't again don't have to do with the movie. The movie hasn't come out yet for a lot of these review bombers, mm-hmm, and yep. it's just pathetic because they use this as a pedestal to think that their opinion matters a bit more because they yeah they you know, put their, put it online in this, in this aggregate and think that that has some effect or, or whatever. And you can see in like, uh, yeah. And like, I was looking even like how it's, how steam does it and their, their review system and everything and how it's, it's kind of charted. It shows out you how many hours played on like, uh, recent, yeah. it shows you more like recent reviews and the trajectory of like, um, accounting for those big bursts of reviews where it might, not tell the whole story and imdb kind of does that as well and so there's sites that are trying to counteract this sort of thing and letterbox did essentially the same thing that rotten tomatoes did when rotten Mm -hmm. tomatoes did it because it just wanted to you know follow suit with just not they said this it's a good good yeah because it's yeah because like when you haven't seen the movie why would you do it but the fact that they didn't have it to begin with is may it just is a scathing indictment on these platforms it's 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 press release stuff and then it would drum up like interest and everything before people see it but yeah people abuse it i'm sure that it's just abusing it for reasons that have nothing to do with the the content and that was something that yeah there was another one that was like haywire as well that was uh that was one that was almost in the opposite direction the opposite yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm, right um, yeah but to remind everyone it is a 79 percent by critics at 45 percent by audience do you want to take a break at all before we run through these reviews and give our final opinion or should i just go for it i don't need a break unless you want one um i'm good let's do it let's do it uh let's check out some critic reviews here real quick from the 79 percent range uh you know speaking of uh this change in rules it just blows me away how fucking moronic microsoft continues to always be in almost everything that they do but on uh xbox game pass and their like game marketplace you don't have to have installed the game in order to give a review so time and time again people will go in there and just review like wackadoodle shit and just review it negatively just because it's like kind of what i would imagine is uh yeah like i'm i just imagine a fucking teenager like getting stoned and just being like i'm gonna just fucking review like write crazy shit on the internet yeah because i find it fun and you don't have to download the game and then it affects how like the reviews of stuff because like yeah. you know the a reason why we do this and like i know that's this is a good case of not valuing the review system because it's not representative of the film um but 
it matters. Like I, I am, I'm guilty of it. Like I will look at something and go just to consider the review. Yeah. Having done this well, podcast, sure. I, I'm not it make or break placing it. it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make or break it. But I mean, with video games, it's the same way as like, I'll just look at it and go like, Ooh, if I had to choose how I spend my limited amount of time on this yeah. planet, I do want a little bit of information to inform what the decisions I make. Mm. But if those, those information places are totally fucked off, it just sucks for all of us doesn't tell the whole story and this is a story that yeah to add some some context and a movie that we floated around that i think we're never going to do that i'll just mention is morbius in like a different way as well where it's memed and then brought into a higher value from users just as a fucking joke and that's just yeah that's another version of like review bombing in a positive way because they're bombing it and a lot of them not even seeing it and just wanting to write a funny review have you seen that movie? Um, no. We could do it sometime, but it's uh, you. You said it's, it's a te- it's a terrible it's movie good. to do that. Like I'm so about like a movie being so bad that you meme on it. Yeah. After after watching uh, Best of the Worst the other day, I put on Nick Schulte was over, and I put on uh, Stone Cold. Hell yeah! That movie fucking rips, but it's an awful movie. Oh yeah. Like I don't know. Mixture. That's a great combo. Do. do do weirdo reviews and shit for that movie but like man morbius sucks <laughs> uh so kenneth duran gave it a 90 from the la times he says watching danvers story play out complete with boggling plot twists and a scene stealing friendly feline is hugely entertaining and it can't be overemphasized <laughs> now how central larson about to become the most recognized woman on the planet is to the enterprise I thought they were going to say how much of a uh, goose was going to become a bit. <laughs> oh, goose is a star. L- l- look out for goose because he's going to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> he's the new guy. He's going to be the new, the new guy field. Is, you, is got, you got a, you got a, a goose adjacent over there. Look at that little guy. She's a tuckered little, little girl. Little kitty, kitty cat back there and just lying next to my Totoro plushy and uh, having a grand old time. Um, Let's go on to Variety. Owen Gleiberman gave it a 90. Bowden and Fleck are low-key American neo-realists. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> and in Captain Low-key? <laughs> Low-key. Not, wow. not Thor. And in Captain not Marvel, they barely retain a vestige of their signature style, yet they have brought off something exciting, embracing the Marvel house style, and within that, crafting a tile with enough tricks and moods and sleight-of-hand layers to keep us honestly absorbed. Sounds like someone trying to convince themselves they liked it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone in 80. The film's low-key no. charm... Fucking shit, Peter Travers gave this a good one. He says low-key wow. as well. Not Thor. The film's low-key charm and quirky humor grow on you and create a rooting interest in what happens next. It doesn't take the supreme intelligence of the universe, who we always figured would resemble Annette Benning, to know it's wise to play the long game. Captain Marvel is not just another Wonder Woman. She plans to build an army. Yeah uh let's do one more um new york times ao scott 70 it's pretty good fun and could almost be be described without sarcasm as a scrappy little picture like most of Bowden and fleck's other work 
like half Nelson. <laughs> uh, let's move on to audience reviews in the negative range. They did not care for this movie for reasons apart from the movie as well. But let's let's check out some uh, from Charlie. O. gave it a one star out of five. The worst Marvel movie in existence. The writers behind this movie must have been working in a facility with a gas leak because the script makes zero sense. An explosion that causes millennials to become the most powerful beings in the universe? If this concept was true, wouldn't all of the people who were present during nuclear blasts be superheroes? Bad casting, lackluster dialogue, horrendous story. There was an especially awful scene of our hero in a dream state as Nirvana plays on vinyl to relax her and remind her of her childhood. Maybe find a lead actress who was born before the grunge period ended? A major flop from our favorite superhero filmmakers. This was a qualification that it was from her childhood, but that was, that was just a song. I didn't know it was trying to say it was from her childhood or something. Well, that, but that's also just like categorically doesn't make sense because it's not like Chris Evans lived in world war two or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, you you think you think fucking you can only listen uh, to songs that were from your childhood. <laughs> you can only listen to songs that were made while you were alive. And Chris Hemsworth has been around for an eternium. <laughs> I know all the songs. People have to get cast that <laughs> they can only play characters that oh fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Not even. Uh, I'll just do it. Dude, the thing with these one star reviews is like, they are all very long because people are upset. Yeah. So I'll just kind of touch on some from queen squid. One star out of five, very poorly directed. I mean, first of all, you have two directors. If one isn't enough, that's a bad sign. Secondly, the two directors co-directed flops before this movie. That was a strange decision for Marvel. I mean, but yeah. the, du the, the, the duffer brother. Yeah, or the Coen right. brothers. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot. Right. The softies. Talk to them softies. Right? Wasn't it the Duffer brother? Or who did the uh, who did things. Infinity War? Oh, Russo's. Those Russo's. Russo, yeah. They're brothers too. Yeah. Console your own MCU. What, what, what um, an idiot. From Elongated Man Forever. One star. I'm sorry, but this movie was complete utter trash to me. Yeah, it made a million dollars, but that's because it was sandwiched in between Infinity War and Endgame. This movie could have been a legend, but they had to get political and de demonize anybody that didn't like the film and have cringeworthy scenes of men being evil and persecute her because, because her gender. I'm sorry that's not inspiring. It's cringy cancer. And it makes me want to jump off a building and end it all. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> why why do we need this bs and female-led movies women are not all helpless victims they are people with bright futures and opportunities oh this guy's a feminist section captain marvel as a character is a, is terrible and she's unlikable and and annoying oh how oh how black widow was wrong she could have gotten a movie first <laughs> i love how he, oh how i love how he's like oh how black widow was wronged she should that shit I was fucking talking about where <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not a sexist because I like this, these women yeah, and black women knight, do. Yeah. yeah. I, women do other knight. things. I'm going to white knight, black knight, black yeah. widow, uh, was wrong. She should have gotten the movie first. This movie was lame and forgettable. Sad, very sad. All the talk. 
<laughs> about female empowerment and feminism. This movie will be forgotten in someone's mind in just a day. I'm looking forward to Black Widow, the heroine we actually deserve, and is a com- and is a complex, flawed, interesting character. Something Captain Marvel failed at. Huh. I mean, none of yeah, none people of that get, really makes sense. People get heated. People get heated. Um, let me see if there's one more. Um, I hope they get so heated they have a fucking heart attack and die. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to just read at the end, like. And also, uh, click, 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 uh, click, click, like Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost another one. Oh, interesting. Oh, uh, good. <laughs> this will be my final letter. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh no, this is a suicide note. Um, from Ezra's uh, Negesson, one star out of five. In the beginning, she is the ideal person, perfect in the climax, finds out she was magnificent as a human, and the end of the movie is like playing a video game on God mode. What an uninteresting plank of wood she is. The villain was already weaker than her in the beginning, so what struggle was she facing to begin with? The message of the movie is that she is perfect from the beginning. It's everyone else, men, who is holding her back. What a great message to young girls. Self-improvement is nonsense because you're already perfect. Don't take take criticism for anyone and certainly don't try to be better. It's never your fault. It's everyone else's because you're already perfect. This movie was a joke. People are so angry. This represents not true. This movie, like that's (laughs) not what this movie, like, I don't know. Like it's not even true. I know. How are you getting all this, this shit from this movie? Like I, she was trying to figure out what she believed in. And then she finds it at the end of it, that she believed in helping people, which has always been the case. Sure. But like, she forgot she that who and she needed is. to get back. To, yeah. She needed to get back to it. And there are like, and I thought that was one of the more effective parts of the movie Yeah, was those motifs or like the, or like the little flashbacks and vignettes of her dealing with adversity and sexism yeah. and not like, maybe people got mad at that. Maybe people criticize that, but I actually thought that, I mean, that, that worked for me and maybe it is, that worked for me too, like because Mar- it was plenty a, of hand yeah. Marvel stuff. And maybe that could be argued that it is, but I thought it worked well because I thought it, they were going to add more crappy dialogue to some of those scenes. And they didn't, sure. it was just good visuals of her, right. you know, the go-kart thing and uh, you know, falling off the rope and then, uh, what was there was a third one and then and uh, uh like somebody just talking shit to her or some shit like that yeah like on the playground or something like that and i actually got emotional when she was when it showed all of those moments again at the end of her standing up and looking down the camera and i thought like that was good i i like and visually it looked cool it was awesome emotionally again when there was not talking you know that like that that worked <laughs> so i i don't know but that was like the most right. obvious like thing that was like directly dealing with sexism in her life and i thought that was well done and um yeah because i I mean ultimately in my mind it's just the arc is is that why does she want to help the scrolls and the reason that she wants to help the scrolls is because she knows what it's like to be persecuted Mm -hmm. and that's it yeah like that's all you have to get to sure yeah they're well continue i'm good um I think, and we already addressed the polarizing nature of this movie. Well, the review review bombing, I'm down to give some final scores and, and move on. Sure. Yeah. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Um, 
the the reasons that I'm going to say right now, the reasons <laughs> that I'm not crazy about this, the movie are different from a lot of those review reviewers that uh, <laughs> that that criticized it. Um, and I feel like we've been pretty clear in this podcast about our 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 criticism or like our criticisms, mine in particular of um, the the structure of, this, of the plot, the screenplay, the dialogue, um, the stakes, like what it means within the pantheon of the MCU and all that stuff. It, and just the the overall nature of those of these movies in general, like. Maybe if this was like one of the few superhero marvel movies out there like i could it'd be easier to grade it for what it is but it's really hard when there's so many of them and it's yeah. just so oversaturated and there are a lot of lot better ones out there and i'm not even the biggest fan but i've seen a fair amount like i don't know they're they're nice to throw on it's a nice movie going experience seeing them a second time does not bode well uh this is my second time seeing this because yeah so i went on movie theaters and um it's in, it's enjoyable in in the movie theater and that sort of yeah I'll, I'll be a Scorsese uh you know stand and you know they are a little like the roller coasters you know you go and you yeah, buy the so ticket far. take the ride baby and and have a pretty good time um and then move on with your life and they're pretty forgettable and uh, this one especially just didn't really uh was inconsequential it, it felt like this this movie unfortunately by no fall of Brie Larson, by no fall of Samuel Jackson. Love, love the Mendelssohn. Love that Mendelssohn. Yeah, and Those especially baby blues. as a as a villain. I know he's got like the just cuts through the makeup as well. Um, oh. Love him. Love the turn of him uh, not being the villain. I thought that was that was a nice scene sitting in the house and having them together. Like those are all good performance and good actors that are work, working off each other that kind of cuts through the fat a little bit too. the, the ability for it to slow down and have that moment was, was pretty nice. Um, but overall the writing and the structure really held me back from fully enjoying this and finding it like better than any of a lot of the other Marvel movies. So it will be a subpar score. I'm thinking like high forties, low fifties. Um, sure. I'll do like, uh, I'll do 48. Sweet. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to belabor any points that we've discussed on this podcast already. Um, yeah. My issues with it is, is that I just really do not care for a light beam shooting power. Oh my superhero God. movie. Yeah, that's who. Um, also to th- uh, the plot in specifically just introducing all of these concepts in this movie, where we're at in the, to just consider a little bit like where we're at with the movies being released, like just so much, like you got to understand scrolls, Cree, all these different planets, inner like relationships, uprisings, all of this stuff really just doesn't matter to me. I do like at the core of this that it is about protecting people that need to be protected in this galaxy. Yeah. I think we end up getting there. Um, I do love a Ben Mendelssohn. I was thinking about that. Just him at the dinner. I feel like I just imagine him in this crazy fucking makeup, but he's like sitting back with like his hand, <laughs> yeah. like on the chair of his wife, just like kind of just uh, like 
God, he's the fucking best. I love him. <laughs> I love Samuel Jackson. I just, it was just really distracting the stuff that he was saying and then also his makeup. So, you know, kind of um, obviously not my favorite Samuel Jackson performance. And then no. Jude Law, it's like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but I'm also not going to put uh, Jude Law as Yon Rog as my, <laughs> as a top tier Jude Law performance. <laughs> and there's just, yeah, it's just so bogged down and by all of the Marvel shit that i really don't care for where the world is in peril uh people just you know again shooting light beams at each other um yeah i don't think any of the performances are really bad um i'm gonna be pretty close to you on mine i'm gonna be i'm gonna do like a i'm gonna do a 52 i'm thinking yeah, i'm dude. thinking a 52 those hours i want to it's a it's a little bit you know, it's a little bit above just because I've said before, like 50 is a take it or leave it. I would say like it's not a bad movie, but if you're interested in it, uh-huh. go for it. Like if I were to recommend it to somebody and say I, I gave it a 52 out of 100, what that means is, yeah, like, I don't know if you, you have any interest in it, go for it. It's not a terrible movie. If you like mm-hmm. it, cool. Uh, but if you yeah. don't like it, it doesn't, you know. No, yeah, I don't. I'm not going to take it personally. So, yeah, I would say like a 52 is where I'm sitting. Yeah, like lukewarm kind of. Lukewarm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like we responded similarly. We've had many discussions about Marvel movies, and they've been around such a such a long while. It's interesting dipping our toe into it. You know, we've we've done some of the Disney um, movies here on this podcast, and we did the Star Wars thing too. So. And I feel like those two when Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker were like, uh, maybe that's a different thing, but just Disney with these, with these big franchise moments and getting fan reactions that, you know, are not ideal for them. And even before the movies come out, people are already pissed, uh, is not something for this podcast or for Disney as well. Yeah. If you were to rank those three movies, so Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, and Captain Marvel. How would you see them? Oh, and Captain Marvel. Oh, mm-hmm. Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, and Captain Marvel. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh I would do from best to worst. I do mm-hmm. Last Jedi, Captain Marvel, Rise of Skywalker. I think I would. Yeah. Uh, no, I really don't like Last Jedi. Right. I would probably put. Honestly, I was thinking about putting this above and going like. I don't know. Weirdly going Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Last Jedi would probably be me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. This, yeah. that's a interesting rank. Yeah. And then just like now force awakens, you're not invited to the polarized party. Um, no, cause you're like by and large enjoyable. Like if you just, if they had just made that God, wow. What a world we would have lived in where it's like, Oh see, yeah, I, here's just see, this I fun adventure like and Jedi. we're done. I like last Jedi more than that one. Oh, crazy. Okay. Because I would do Last Jedi, Force Awakens, and Rise of Skywalker for those three. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> wow. Why even do Force Awakens? It's just the same movie over again. <laughs> sure. That's like not a necessarily a bad thing. It's like if you were to do a serialized, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like a serialized um, IP, like stretch or whatever, you know every every episode is going to be kind of the same formula you know circular base and then you just yeah and then uh then you just serialize things getting 
bigger. <laughs> Starkiller base does suck. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. That Starkiller base stuff, man. There's things you can cherry pick anything yeah, out of that, and that whole trilogy. Oh, you right. Know, but <laughs> that's that's my only thing. Yeah, like serialize is fun where you can just pivot to a different thing. I get I get what you're saying with that, but when it's like taking the same thing and like that, but just place yeah i don't know we don't have Angel to we, games we can't get it in this we just we know yeah we this is all we just Mar- all the star wars bring it home james like marvel star wars fans are like oh my god yeah. they're doing this too um we're bringing it home we're talking about our next our next speech it's uh we've been doing some summary blockbustery movies so we're gonna keep it rolling with bad boys 2 sequels, no war of the worlds sequel uh, war of the worlds uh bad boys 2 might be further down the road if you want to put that in yep. your in your noggin but um what are the worlds uh let me pull that up because then i i don't know i for whatever reason thought uh it was them bad boys what they're gonna do they're gonna come come get you another week another week another episode in the podcast <laughs> um because next time it's a critically favored war of the worlds from 2005 a spielberg uh joint it's a certified fresh 75 percent by the critics it is a poopy doopy snoopy 42 percent by the audience <laughs> um it's not kind of surprising yeah, it really is wouldn't you think wouldn't you think it's the other way around I, I don't i just would expect that movie to be like high like 70s high 60s or like 70s across the board sort of thing or just everyone would be like yeah it's pretty good pretty good but um, what people, we're gonna have a guest on that episode and i've talked to like other about people it. about it and every time i brought it up people are like yeah i i, I love that movie i've seen it yeah. you know i've seen it a bunch of times and shit yeah it's so weird to think about it's rated lower than captain marvel according to ron tomatoes people mm. were pissed about captain marvel but um interesting yeah i I know i know like this the part with the sun coming back at the end i don't know like the kind of resolution i feel like walking out of the theater there's some people like so so they, how did they die? We'll get it. We'll get into it. No, yeah, I, right. <laughs> that was a great impression. Oh, uh, well, how did they die? <laughs> so, huh? Uh? <laughs> happened very quickly. Oh, the sun's alive. Sure. <laughs> he just ran into fire. Uh, all right. Well, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, you, Captain Brandini. Uh, you, Captain James Dini. Captain James Deeney. Um, that's me. Join us live on twitch.tv slash polarized pod. Uh, talk to us on X. Twitter.com slash polarized pod. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And polarized gmail.com. You can send us a line there. Polarize the another, pod. At another thing that makes me sad. What's that? <laughs> another thing that makes me sad. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> And join us, uh, yeah, next time. Yeah. Ho- hope you guys have enjoyed yourself. We we appreciate it so much. We love you, and see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.